Hey, welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. And there is no denying that I love cheese, but I also love cheese when I'm told to say it. So if you're really good at puzzles, you might guess that someone uh, that is my guest today has something to do with photography because I threw you that little hint of say cheese. See how I keep this interesting and keep your wheels churning, huh? Huh? I mean, where can you go where you get that kind of challenge? A little hint about saying cheese versus eating cheese. I'm brilliant. That's all I have to say. Oh, I'm so yanking your chain right now. I know, you know, maybe I am brilliant, but it has nothing to do with uh, saying cheese, though the gal, and I love saying gal, it's a friendly, warm, round word. The gal that I have as a guest today was once a little baby, like the rest of us. But I met her when she was just an infant. And so when I was going through social media uh, and kind of chased something down a rabbit hole a bit, I was refreshed with her. I know her and her family very well and her sister and her brother. And we'll likely have both of those folks on um, as well somewhere down the road. But I saw this life that had popped up in front of me that is right in the lane that I've been talking about. It is someone who is a doer. And I'm not going to spill all the beans right now, but I'm, but Amy, uh, who will be joining us in just a moment, she is a wonderful photographer and her emphasis is on families. And I don't know, she, I mean, she's a great photographer and her work is beautiful, but the way that she has um, gone after what it is that she wants to do is also super beautiful and inspiring to me. If you've been listening, you know that I'm like, uh, cooking a stew that has to do with people that do. I just made a rhyme right there. Cooking a stew that has to do with people that do. Mm. Remember when I said brilliant? Uh, I'm intrigued and I'm intrigued because there, I'm, you know, this is like the biggest self-help thing that I've ever done is have a podcast because I get to pick the brains of people who really intrigue me and it helps me move forward in my own life. As I've shared with you, even in the, uh, eternity delay, it seemed like, and starting this podcast, I struggle with the doing. Now, if you were to come to me and give me a project, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm on it. Bam, bam, bam. I want to come behind you or step into the organization or take on that role that I've been cast in. In as much as that is wonderful, I see that I'm leaving a part of myself out of the party where I am, um, I, I, I will say, a struggle with the initiating the doing. And I'm going to beat this dead horse, you know, for a while until it starts to infuse and infuse and marinate in me. Um, but this young gal is exactly that. 
Um, she is a doer. And as you can hear my little dog barking out there, I'm going to leave it at that. You're going to love her. So oh, there's my Amy. And she Hello. says it's recording for me. Um, <laughs> I was just telling her um, that I get so anxious over whether it's really recording. I would hate to spend a whole conversation with someone. And it's like, oh, uh, see. So I have a doll face with me. And Amy, prior to people spending this time with us, I will have spoken about you previously that you okay. will not get to hear until it's released. <laughs> but um, I was thinking this morning in the bathroom, aren't you happy to know that, about how long I've known your family. And I thought- I was going to say, I think you've known me my entire life. Your entire life. Yeah. Can you tell me? <laughs> I might break out in the sweat. Like, when were you born? 90. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I, I, you were then an itty bitty baby because I figured out this morning, I met your mom in 91. Okay. Yeah. Not my entire life. Not Maybe. quite your entire life, but close. And, um, and then, cause I thought, now, when did I have a, because you were such a pick and cute kid. Oh my goodness. But I was reminiscing and I just want to say, um, to your mom and dad, because I'm sure they're going to be listening. Oh, they say hi. I'm going I to told put that that pressure to on them to listen. <laughs> um, that I love them so much. They, um, are really, and I know you know this. They are really special people. They are genuine. They are warm. They are kind. They have big hearts. They are both gifted. Your mom has been so dear to me. I'm getting tears. and I'm getting tears. <laughs> um, and so then these kids that they raise are exactly, uh, in many, many ways, that same thumbprint of... of I see their rich, deep qualities in all of you guys. And um, Corey um, is precious. We're, yeah, I, we, we communicate through Facebook. Your brother. You've seen his little baby? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. She's so cute. Yeah, like when you guys, I don't know how it happens that you guys get older and I don't. I can't figure that out, how you mature and I am still so, so, so trapped in my youthful state. Um, I, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, but it is so cool to see you guys flourish. And that's one of the reasons I wanted you on. And then um, Miss Katie has been a heart friend of mine. You know, she, I worked around her a lot more um, than, than you or even yeah. Corey. Um, so we had more contact, but you are just a love muffin. And um, all of you guys, the Hainan family, and I know that you're, you are married now, and that's not the name. <laughs> Hainan, Tell me your last name, because I didn't. Say it again. Sanusi. Sanusi. And I didn't want to, it's a beautiful name written out. Um, so um, you're a Sanusi now. Um, uh, but I, uh, the, the Hainan family has just been, uh, has left such an impression. 
when I learned that your folks were moving, though I didn't see them all the time, it was a little bit weird for me to think that they weren't going to be here in Arizona near me. I mean, it was like a pacifier, like a blood, whatever. Um, but let's back up just a little bit. You are a gifted um, photographer. You are a lot of things. But tell us your journey a little bit, because I know that you went off and did some studies abroad and... And just, I just want to get a, uh, let everyone know about you just a little bit, okay, sure. Miss Amy? So I, yeah, I went off, when I was in high school, I kind of, um, I did theater a lot in high school, and I really loved it, um, and I really enjoyed it, but I really hadn't found my people, and I hadn't found myself yet, and so it took me <laughs> taking a year abroad, and I went and lived in Switzerland for a year, which really kind of brought me out of my shell and made me into, I think, the person I was meant to be. And it, it's crazy that to think if I hadn't have done that, like who I'd be today, it's so bizarre. But after that, I went to NAU up in Flagstaff and didn't know what I wanted to study, jumped all over the place, <laughs> ended up with a degree in German of all things and went back. How to did that happen? How did German become it? Well, German was always like my secondary major. It was, I had a double major the whole time because I was like, oh, I tested out of 16 credits when I got into college of German. And because when I was living in Switzerland, I became fluent, which was awesome. Okay. Um, but I came back and I was like, oh, that'll just be like an extra major. But then I kept trying out everything. I was going to be a theater teacher and then I was going to be a in political science and then I was going to be in what was the other thing uh, fashion merchandising and all these different avenues and none of them just like worked and then I was I, just, I remember sitting in my dorm thinking about it and I was like the one class that I still am I'm good at and I enjoy is German and so I was like I'm a TA as a sophomore <laughs> I might as well keep it going so then I was able to graduate in like two and a half years oh my stars yeah it went really fast <laughs> Wow. Because of all like the German credit I got from already knowing it. Right. Um, so then for my final semester of college, I went back to Switzerland, lived with the same people, one of my families that I had lived with before in high school, and did like a semester at University of Zurich, which was really amazing. Um, did some studies in Germany as well. And again, just having that connection to all these students from all over the world just gives you this sense of like, not, I'm trying to think of the word, it's not global minded, it's more like you feel grounded, but not to your one spot. Like, I feel like I could have a place to stay in so many different places around the world, which wow. just, it makes you feel, I don't even know what the word is. <laughs> well, I mean, really, like, like a part of humanity, literally. Yeah. Like, I mean, we are, but you're seeing that humanity that you're connected to and yeah. really feeling it. Exactly. So like when the fires were going on in Australia, early 2020, whenever that was, or I don't even remember. Right. I had friends in Sydney, lots of friends in Australia. And it was just like my heart hurt for them because I was like, no, I know those people. It's not just some faraway land. It's my people. And so it, um, that whole, all of my study abroad stuff is so invaluable to me. And I have already told my husband that someday we're making our kids do that because it's something that Obviously, it's not right for every kid, but it should at least be an option for every kid because it's such an amazing experience. 
See, that, I'm going to pause for one moment. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I wanted you on the podcast, because um, as my listeners know, I've been really scratching at this idea of doers, people that do, the people that don't put things off. They don't wait until the tomorrows. And even in what you're sharing right now, I see and hear that, that these are opportunities that you took and that there's that, that thing in you that says, I like this. I'm looking for this and I'm going to reach for it and I'm not going to wait for it. So how, where did that come from in you? Can you talk about that a little bit as I don't want to take you off track to what you were saying, no, but okay. it's all part of even while you're here, even how, while you're in the business that you're in right now and, yeah. and all of that. I feel like so much, my parents growing up never made us do anything. It was always a choice of like, they, we weren't forced to be in any certain club. We weren't forced. Like if we got bad grades, it wasn't, we'd get in trouble. It was like, okay, how can we help? Um, what do we need to do? And it, I think, I feel like that fostered this sense of like, we can do anything kind of <laughs> mentality where that's like been pushed around a little bit here and there as you get older, because you realize you can't do everything, but you can do anything. And that's like, the big thing is you have to realize that finding the, at least for me, I've found the things that I'm good at mm. and I've gotten good at weeding out all the stuff that I'm not good at, or at least I don't enjoy and really focusing my life on the things that I do enjoy and that I am, I feel good when I do them. Um, and obviously like studying abroad and being involved in that culture, I didn't know I wanted it in high school. Um, I knew it sounded cool and that, it spoke to me when I first heard about it, but I didn't know what kind of impact it would have on me. But even just taking the jump to, and even though I had friends ask me like, why are you missing out on your senior year of high school? And I was like, I mean, high school didn't do much for me. So <laughs> <laughs> why not? <laughs> I, I need to like, get out of Dodge. <laughs> and I, there was so many things where I look back and see some friends from high school that they're living wonderful lives, but they're still, I feel like in that stage where they stayed with people from high school. And for me that I didn't have that grounding in high school. I didn't have those people that were my friends forever. Right. And so going abroad is what like brought me to my, who I need to be kind of face. And it, ever since that, I have always been in a mood of like, okay, I need to figure it out and just do it because and even like when I was learning German, it's not something that I had to figure out things a lot. So I would sit in my history class with a history book that's all in German in high school. And I'd sit with a dictionary next to it. And I would look up every single word. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I didn't have like, you couldn't, it was really hard to like Google things because it didn't, it wasn't that much of an internet like phase yet. Yeah, um, there was some, but I had to look up like keywords. And so then once I looked up the keyword, I could figure out what topic they were talking about. And then I would look that up in English. And then I would try and go back and seriously look up every single word to see what they were saying. And it was painstaking, but I was like, this is the only way I'm going to figure this out. And I'm a perfectionist. And so I had to like, figure it out. And I got better grades than a lot of my Swiss counterparts because I actually 
put in so many hours of studying. Wow. The tenacity, you know, I, I, that is one thing I resonate with you on because there is a tenaciousness about me, but the tenacity that you have and also the, um, the, well, it goes hand in hand with it. I think the perseverance, but then the, um, the, the practicality of saying, I'm going to figure this out. You know, I, and maybe you can agree with me on this deep. I feel like a lot of people miss out on stuff myself uh, at the head of the line because of the fears of what um, we build up in something. But you took that. I mean, that's like a perfect life lesson. You took a piece in a history book and you broke it down word by word. And individually, each word was not, uh, I'm going to guess, that individually, each yeah. word wasn't threatening. It wasn't a fearful situation. Collectively, it looked overwhelming. But when you broke it down, it was, it sounds like, obviously, if you were getting good grades <laughs> and beating people next to you that, you know, um, <laughs> that knew uh, were head and shoulders ahead of you in that regard, yeah. um, that it was successful. So the proof was in the pudding. Yeah. And it's, and I think that translated into a lot of parts of my life. And I even think back, like the differences that I see between me and my husband sometimes is he wants to know ahead of time how things are going to work. And so he does a lot of research and he's really good at researching how things are going to work out. Whereas I am very much my mother and I will figure it out. It'll work. And it's not something that I have to know ahead of time exactly how it's going to work out. But I know I'll find a way to make something work out if I'm... Oh, my gosh. I have chill bumps all <laughs> over me, Amy. Yeah. I... Uh, I'm going to... I have chalkboards right over here. I'm going to... Um, I'll figure it out. I'm going to put that... I'll figure it out. It'll, you know, it's going to work. You just said that. <laughs> there's a great podcast by Marie Forleo that's called Everything is Figureoutable. I love it. And it's... I haven't listened to a ton of them, but it's always like no matter what the problem is, you can always find some way to do it. And that even was my mom with sewing. She's like, she didn't listen to directions or follow patterns. She's like, yeah, here, I'll just cut here and sew there and it'll work. And it did. And I mean, that, that bounces even back to my grandparents. My grandma was the same way where she was so crafty and would just make things happen out of nothing. And I think a lot of that came down to me and even into like learning photography too. Was Let's talk about that. So, yeah. so I know that you are a really lovely gifted photographer and I recently refreshed um, my knowing of that by looking at some of your work. Um, uh, tell me how that, how photography, excuse me, how photography opened up for you, how that, how, yeah. how, what led you to it? So it's kind of a funny story. I graduated college with my degree in German and I was working for my sister who was making wedding dresses at the time. And I had nothing else to do because I didn't know how to find a job work with a degree in German. So I was kind of like, okay, going to go back and live with my parents. And I did and ended up working for my sister, just helping her sew and look after the boys. I ended up living with her for a while to help kind of, run the business she was running she was running a very successful etsy business for a while um and so i kind of saw the business side of things i was like oh this is fun i could do this then i was blogging for her and things like that and then i met the photographer she was working with that did like 
all the photo shoots for her wedding dresses. She was a wedding photographer. And she ended up hiring me as a studio manager, which basically means answer all the emails, run all the errands, all the behind the scenes work that I now know <laughs> it's great to have somebody else do it. So it's, I got to see the photography business from that side of point of view first. And so at some point she kind of said to me, she's like, I'm going to start training you on the camera, bring you along to weddings. You can start shooting. And I was like, okay, I've, I mean, I love taking pictures. It was never, I never in a million years thought I would be a photographer and it just kind of fell into my lap. And so I got a, like the lowest form of the camera that I could <laughs> use on eBay, cheap lens. And I would go to weddings with her and second shoot and work harder on it. And she taught me kind of everything I know, um, both about the business side of it and the photography side, which I've realized was amazing and invaluable, but also has, I've had to change that over the years because uh -huh. that was somebody else's complete style. Yeah. So figuring out how to adapt that into my own style and making changes and not being afraid to make changes has been an interesting journey. But yeah. <laughs> so I, at one point she had me start working with families that she had gotten because she didn't really want to photograph families. And I stopped because I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is like where I feel at home. Cause you know, in high school I was, I ran the nursery at church. I, uh, what did I do? I taught at the little gym, like working with kids has always been my thing. And so you are they, great I, with <laughs> it's seriously, it's just, it's so much fun. I love it. And it's, I've learned so much about them over the years. And like, I feel like a little bit of an expert of like, Oh, they're that age. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> and just kind of knowing them a little more. Right. Um, Cause I've been, you know, babysitting since I was 11, something like that. <laughs> but it, as soon as I started working with families, I knew that, Oh yeah, that's like, that's the spot. So eventually I split off on my own and started my own business. But in Arizona, I found it really difficult to kind of make that work. How come? Um, Curious. I, I don't really know. I think if I could go back and do it again, I probably could make it work. Um, I couldn't charge what I needed to charge in the Phoenix area. And it, I didn't have the resources that I do now to education and learning about family photography business. It just felt very much like a hobby to a lot of people. And so I had to get a, a second job, like a full-time job. Worked. Oh, hold on. <laughs> well, dogs are going crazy about something. <laughs> um, so they, yeah, so I worked with, what was I going to say? No, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, you said that it was more like a hobby in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Than you, yeah. Yeah, so I really, I couldn't charge what I wanted to charge. I couldn't. Um, I don't know. I just couldn't figure it out. And it bugged me in a lot of ways. Cause I was like, I want to just like make this my job. Cause I've seen other people do it and I've seen like other photographers do it. And so I worked at a consulting firm making fancy PowerPoints. <laughs> it paid well. And they let me work remote when I decided to move to New York. And what prompted your decision to move to New York? See, Miss Doer, Miss I'm jumping in. Yeah. With <laughs> um, it was pretty much, it was very much an impulsive decision. It was my sister and her family had moved there and 
I had come, become so close with my nephews that it was really hard to see them go. Mm -hmm. Um, cause they were, they were like, they were my family. I lived with them. It was, right, right. they were like little kids to me. And so I felt the pull to like, at least go visit. So I did go visit and I was like, okay, this is cool. I like it. <laughs> but then there was one day I was like, why am I still living here? My sister offered for me to live with them again in New York. And so coming to New York made it, it made it that much easier because I could be like, yeah. oh, I have family to live with. I'm just going to do it. Okay, I'm going. And I just decided and I didn't look back. That is and so then, crazy. That is so awesome. Yeah. That it was so cool. It was, yeah. And so then starting the business here, luckily I had that remote job beforehand that kind of helped me fill in the gaps as I moved and save up money and get my business going in New York. Um, but after I found my footing here, it just took off and it's been nonstop ever since. <laughs> Girl, I am so excited for you. Tell me the nature of your work. So I, mean, I like, like go yeah, ahead. it's Sorry. families, but not your typical like stand and smile family portraits. It's very lifestyle. Um, the photographer I used to work for worked in a very documentary fashion where it was very unposed and very natural as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so my photos lean more on the lifestyle end where it's, I set up the scene in a good way to flatter everybody and make it my art, but I also just let you be yourselves. And so my big thing is I want you to look back on your photos and really feel the pull of like, I remember that shirt. I remember oh. I love like, it. I remember when our kids used to do that to our faces, like squishing them and things like that. And it just made me that much more like pulled into these people that I got to photograph because I got to actually meet them and get to know them and become friends with them. And their kids know me as like Miss Amy all the time. And it just made it made my job more fun. And I loved it. Where can people go to see your work? Um, my, the name of my business is Kinship Photo. I love it. I Thank totally you. love it. Did a rebrand a couple of years ago and it's totally worth it. Um, and it's kinshipphoto.com or kinship.photo on Instagram. Okay. Kinship.photo on Instagram yeah. or kinshipphoto.com. Exactly. Okay. Um, and do you ever... Is there ever anything when you look back? I mean, I know we all look back at times. Some of us linger longer than others, but um, and see things that you think, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I had waited a little longer or thought about it a little bit more. Or has the has the do it men mentality ultimately always paid off for you? It definitely hasn't always paid off. I'm trying to think. There is one thing that I did. I want to say it's like five, four years ago. I tried to start a workshop, in-person workshop for parents to come learn how to use their cameras that they have sitting around. Because so many parents that I worked with had these nice cameras. They're like, oh, but we don't know how to use it. So I was like, I'm going to teach you how. And the first one went well. Um, I didn't make much money on it though. It was this thing. It was this great idea that I was so excited about and I didn't quite put enough um forethought into it that I was like I probably should have like worked into that a little bit more led up to it a little bit more and put it put myself in a position where I couldn't lose basically um which I've learned a lot about over the last 
you know, how long have I been in business? Eight years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so finding that path of like, okay, I know how to build up excitement around a, something and I know how to get people interested and answer questions and be informative and professional without coming off um, too, like too sh- tight or stiff. Um, it's, that was the one thing that it kind of died off. And I, the second one I tried to do, I didn't really book as many seats. And then I didn't really get much interest after that. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that didn't work so well. Um, That's something that I think is still valuable. And I think I could still do again someday. Yeah. But at the time, wasn't quite ready for it. (laughs) But that didn't deter you from still being somebody that says to you, it's more beneficial to step out and do something than to let, you know, I think for myself, as I've shared with some of my listeners or the ones that are listening, um, <laughs> that I can, I can tie twine around my proverbial ankles where my steps are, are, are short and hesitant and, um, and then ultimately frustrated and then drop a project or drop the idea or put it on the back burner. Um, but I'm going to venture to say, just knowing you guys, and Katie being one too, Katie Katie really impressed me with the same kind of quality that you have when they uh, gave it great thought and packed up and moved to New York for her Etsy business. And, um, you know, there's just something about that in someone's DNA that I wish I had a bigger dose of, but also I think that I can learn from you guys, you know, and, um, and it's good to know that not everything, because I am well as a perfectionist and, uh, and a perfectionist that not everything is, is going to hit it out of the park. That's not the point. The point is the doing, don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, I feel like any kind of step is something doing it's done is better than perfect is what I heard this last week we were doing, I did an online conference for family photography and one of the speakers was saying that and I was like, yep, Mm. something just done, just do it. And I've found that for me, at least breaking up a big goal into tiny micro goals has really helped me be more productive, especially this last year when everybody's just like sitting at home all the time. Um, Breaking it up into micro goals that I can be like, okay, this month even, I just want to finish this small part of it. That's it. And have some kind of progress made, even if it's not, not big. And I've had, you know, some projects that I've been working on for years that I did a bunch of shoots to promote. And then I haven't worked on it anymore since. And now I'm jumping back in and trying to push it forward even more. And it, it's never the big things and the things that actually are going to make a difference. I feel like you you can't jump in and do it all at once. I feel like there has to be forethought into it. There has to be some kind of process because otherwise you're going to be like, Oh wait, I didn't think about so many parts of this. Right. But the thinking about it can be, um, it's absolutely necessary, but the thinking about it can also hold you up if you are Mm -hmm. only thinking about it. And that's what I appreciate about you and learning and watching, even as I've refreshed myself on you just recently this week and looking at your stuff is that you are, you, you, I don't know, girl, you're just really a smarty. And in, in that way that you are um, um, honoring the action of moving forward with the forethought 
and the planning. Uh, you know, I know that you're um, incorporating a new element to your business. For those that may be in your region, do you want to share about the, is it called the, um, what was Yeah, the yearbook club. Yeah. So it's actually closed right now, but okay. here. Um, I've split up kind of my one big fee that you would normally pay before a photo session into monthly payments. Um, and for the most part, it's really been helping my clients kind of um, save money because I raised my prices this year as well. And, but for the most part, a lot of these clients have people that I've worked with a bunch of times and they love me and I love them. And after they booked it, they're like, oh, this is going to help you so much. So we want to help you. And it's been such a blessing because this, it does, it helps me have a steady income. It helps me have a regulated budget each month and not have to worry about where my next shoot is going to get booked. Um, and it's been kind of a life-changing thing that I've done and really created this um, system in place that people can get their yearly shoot, have access to all the dates they want and get discounts. And all the while I can pay my bills each month and not have to worry, you know, creative people. This is a, it's a big problem is you have to worry yeah, about where you're right. going to get next. Right. Um, and I've learned this from a few other photographers that do this in the industry. So I don't want to take all the credit, but they, it really is a game changer when you can find that system that works for your business and makes you feel comfortable in what you're making and not stressed all the time. Cause I used to stress when fall season would come, I would book over a third of my income for the year. And wow. that was, it was too much pressure in one month and too much stress. And I couldn't enjoy the season and I couldn't right. do anything. Right. Um, and this year I get to be picky. I get to be picky about the shoots I book because I don't have to book everything. Um, and it is kind of freeing and, kind of gives me that sense of like, okay, what can I do now that I have everything figured out on this side? What's the next step? Instead of enjoying it, I always have to think, okay, what's next? But <laughs> wow, uh, yeah, it's been, and the fact that people were able to commit to it this year, especially um, has been really gratifying and I'm very grateful for it. Well, you guys um, did another really cool thing and, and some might go, wow, that was jumping in with both feet, particularly during a year of COVID that had setbacks, you know, for everyone. Um, and you mentioned that your husband is in the film industry and they had setbacks, but y'all bought a home <laughs> in New York. Yeah. We were kind of sick of the cockroaches in Brooklyn and my husband had lived there for a good 13 years. And I think we were both kind of ready for something new. My stepdaughter was doing remote schooling every day at home and with all of us being in the same place, same small two bedroom apartment, it, it wasn't feeling good anymore. It felt like we needed a change. We needed that yard to let our dog go run around and not wear a mask out in our own backyard. Mm -hmm. um, it, we needed to be able to like everybody have their own space. Cause I already worked from home. I'm used to it. But now with, with everybody home more often, it just, we needed the space to kind of grow a little bit. So. And you love it. I love it. It's really cool. <laughs> I'll send you pictures. Please it's awesome. do. It's fun. We're working on it. Lots of house projects now. So. <laughs> and um, and everyone before we go, everyone in your family's healthy. Yep. My mom actually did get COVID at the beginning of the year, um, or in March of last year, I guess it was April, something around then. But okay. she's doing good. But Everybody she else, okay. Yeah. 
everybody else is doing good. Nobody's tested positive, luckily. Um, and we're all, my parents love coming up here with their dog, which has been really fun. And then so like your parents decided, so my two of my kids are out there and we're coming out there too. Yeah. And they, I mean, they moved to the, to the, they love it. To the yeah. And they, they live closer to Katie who is in Brooklyn. Yeah. They love it though. They love living in the city. They love having everything close by and their friends. They miss kind of having a house I can tell. So they love coming up to our house and helping mm -hmm. us with projects and mm -hmm. letting their dog kind of be free a little bit more. <laughs> but it, um, I think for them, the step from a house in the suburbs in Arizona to a tiny apartment in Brooklyn has been the perfect transition for them just to something different. Who, yeah. I mean, that's actually a great. And they're that kind of people again, like I'm honoring in you I'm <laughs> sitting here as I'm listening to you. You're beautiful. And you always have been, like I said, you're the cutest little thing and your dimples and your beautiful big <laughs> almond shaped eyes and as i'm looking at you and i'm thinking here's the here's this i'm okay i'm gonna go ahead and let myself get emotional because i feel it coming but here's this um precious little thing that you were when i met you <laughs> and um over the years you brought me joy because your spirit is so light and warm um but you are inspiring me at a place in my life that I need it. And you are helping me pull away the scales that fear puts on you. And I just have to tell you from the bottom of my heart how grateful I am. Um, you know, I know nothing's really by chance and the way I came upon searching you again on social media is I saw, um, um, David Wegahop, a picture of him that I believe you took at, a, at your brother's wedding with his, yeah. he was giving a toast. And, and so then I went, you know, down the rabbit trail and, um, but it was such a, uh, God kind of moment, you know, where it seemed specifically for me to, to spend some time revisiting you just in social media. And yeah. then I asked you, as you know, I said, Hey, we'd be in my podcast, but girly, I just thank you. And I love you. Um, you too, and I do for you. And I'm so proud of you. When I, I know that when people say that it can kind of be a little bit, but I am, I'm so proud of you. And I, <laughs> it means I hope, a lot. I hope I I'm going to come see your new space and, yeah. Meet family and your hubs, but please give him my love, even though I don't know him. I love you, and I know you love him, love him, so I love him. My parents love him like more than they love me, I think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but Terry, really, thank you so much for this. This is little did you know, I made a goal this year to be on three different podcasts, and so you reaching out to me about being on your podcast, it was like, oh. That like came to me. It just happened. And I hadn't wow. said it out in the world anymore, anywhere. And it was just something that I had on my list of things that I wanted to do. Wow. And so this was part of that. And it That is so yeah. cool. I, I'm tickled <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. Um, and I'll have you back again. I would love to have you back again and hear cool. how everything's going. And um love and I would someday love to be in front of your camera. I know I'm not I love that. Either. That would be that, like, I was looking at your stuff and I was like, ah, uh, and I love to have a picture. Um, but, uh, it would be super cool. But, um, 
hopefully this year. I'm going to say a lovely goodbye to you. Don't go away because I want to say goodbye to you when we're not recording. Um, <laughs> and we will have you back. But you've been just the loveliest of guests. Thank you so and, much. I've loved all right, it. I'm going to stop here for a minute. I can all, I was afraid I'm going to mess something up. I cannot say this enough. The beauty for me, I know I'm inviting you in to listen, but the beauty for me of doing this podcast is in the beautiful lives that I get to probe into. And I left with some gems today from Amy, and I hope you did too. I also want you to go take a look at her work and celebrate, if nothing else, the family um, that she captures, the idea of family and the beauty of family and the little ones. It is just warming and tender and fun and vibrant and just kudos to her for finding this niche that resonates with her and then to just be um man go for it girl in bringing your craft together in a way that is so beautiful and gifted she you were gifted is what i mean to say um I hope that you celebrate Amy by checking out her work. And if you're in her region, I know she mentioned that this year they're kind of booked, but uh, get in on um, the train, hop on the train for next year. But kinship photo, that's where you need to go. She gave information that hopefully you wrote down and I will leave whatever I need to. If you need to have uh, anything from any of my podcasts, just reach out to me at my email, terrysummers at gmail.com um, or in social media and I will get an answer to you. But this has just been a wonderful day. I am so inspired and hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to get in front of that camera because I like to say cheese. Ha, ha, ha.